Uh, welcome everyone. L'chaim, l'chaim. So um, upstairs there's um, aftercare. It's very, very sanitary, and so we want to wish Mazel Tov to the father and the mother. Just a note about the name. Uh, Mayor was Uncle Emil, who accompanied my father in the kinder transport, his first cousin, and had no progeny. He had a daughter who unfortunately died tragically in Haifa, and so no children, and this is the first time. Um, we didn't know what his Hebrew name was, so I called three cemeteries in England, and after the third time, I was able to get his name, and they said, well, his name was Emil. So I said, no, 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 I need the Hebrew name. Oh, well, we don't carry, we don't, you know, this is a British cemetery. <laughs> so I said, well, if I paid someone to go out to the cemetery and take a picture, yes, we have the plot number, plot three, line 54, row seven. So someone went out, took a picture, and his name was Mayer. And the second is Yechiel, uncle, named after my wife's uncle, Uncle Meki, who as far as I know, was the most honorable officer in the Second World War. He was a tank commander, and he was one of the founders of the White Shul in uh, Far Rockaway, and was an accountant, and whose integrity was beyond, beyond measure. Now, I remember in a yeshiva one day, as a bris was about to start after the minion, someone came around and told everyone, take off your tefillin. And the question I have today is, be being Rosh Chodesh, what does one do at the bris with tefillin? Because it happens after Musaf. Now, Rav Moshe writes that we don't have tefillin on Shabbos because both are signs of the covenant. Os bris and Shabbos ois heliolom. But circumcision is 24-7. So by nature, it's not exclusive to Shabbos. And therefore, it's appropriate to keep the tefillin at a bris. But the Sha'arim Mitsuyon in Balocha brings a machlokus whether one should wear tefillin at a bris. The Shach, the Mogen Avram, the Chidon, and the Taz say you should, but the Ateres Tzvi and others say you should not. Well, being a Chosid, I consulted Aaron Wertheimer's Chasidim, Halacha Bechasidus, and he notes that the custom for wearing tefillin at a bris is because of the word Os, and that's brought by the Shach and the Mogen Avram. But the author sources the custom to remove them by Hasidim to Reb Shmelka of Nicholsburg, who compared the situation like Reb Moshe to wearing tefillin on Shabbos. Now, the Hasidic thinkers say, therefore, we should take off our tefillin. And that originated with Reb Shmelka and cited in the Zidachoyver Rebbe's Ateres V. Other Hasidic authorities left their tefillin on, the Oiz Chaim, the Bnei Yisoscha, and the Divri Chaim of Sons. So all the non-Hasidic sources say, leave the tefillin on, and the Hasidic sources are mixed on the issue. The Kafa Chaim says that the Sandik, Moyel, and Father should put on the tefillin for the bris, even if it's not done right after a Shachris minion when everyone else is. What about Rosh Chodesh? Generally, people don't wear tefillin after Musaf on Rosh Chodesh. We take it off before Musaf. And so there's a discussion in the postkim. Uh, mainly among the Mukubalim, if one should wear tefillin on Rosh Chodesh during Mincha, or if they should wear tefillin after Musaf in a case where the Minach is to wear it the whole day. There are sources that say allow, and there are sources that don't. 
the Kafa Chaim says one should not put back on tefillin for a bris on Rosh Chodesh. After the intense constancy of the month of Tishrei, of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Hoshana, Rabbah, Shemini Yatzeret, Simchas Torah, comes the month today, Rosh Chodesh, Cheshvon, which contains no holidays other than Shabbat, the holiest day of the year, which recurs every seventh day. Some call this lunar month Cheshvan. Some call it by the name Mar Cheshvan and interpret that Mar means bitter. It's a bitter Cheshvan because there are no holidays on this month besides Shabbat. The name derives from the month from the Akkadian Wara Shamu, meaning eighth month or Yerach Shmini. Remember, last Tishrei, though first, is actually the seventh of the month, so Mar Cheshvan would be the eighth of the month from the counting. What does it mean that Tishri being both the first of the year and the seventh? It depends on which new year you're counting from. The Gemara, as we will start next week in the Daf Yomi, says that Tishri is counting, the year is Rosh Hashanah, the first of the month. The point is that Mar Cheshvan can't mean bitter, because its etymology from the Akkadian clearly implies Yerach Shmini, the eighth month. Other people call it Ram Cheshvan, not Mar. They switch the letters Reish Mem, High Cheshvan, suggesting that this month is high and holy precisely because its holiness is hidden, or suggesting that this month's true holiness one day in the future will make itself known. I didn't find a source for that except Rav Shlomo Kalabach, who said that Mar, Mar Cheshvon is Ram Cheshvon because in the future it will be the holiest month of the year. I love the inversion of Ram to Mar. The fact that this month has no overt holidays doesn't make it any lesser than. Quite the opposite. What appears to be most ordinary is in fact special. It makes me think of one of my favorite teaching from the Slonoma Rebbe, and then I'll be quiet, <laughs> about the holiness of white space. It's a Shmini Atzeres teaching, and some of us may have learned it together. The Slonoma teaches that there are two days called Atzeres. Atzeres means to pause during the year. On each of these days, God asks to, us to be people who choose to pause, to linger in the divine presence. One of the days is Shavuos, it's called Atzeres, a day of holy pause, pausing. And it comes at the 50th day after the 49 days of the counting of the Omer. And Shmini Atzeres is called Atzeres, a day of holy pausing. It's also a 50th day after Rosh Chodesh Elul. The Slonomer concludes by saying that the white parchment of the Torah, which contains all the letters, is actually holier than the letters because it contains all of them within its field. Just so, he says, these days of pausing contain all the holiness of the holy seasons each one comes to complete. He talks about how the letters of the Torah are holy, and so is the parchment on which they are written. It's the black fire on the white fire from the Zoyar. I like the idea that this month's specialness is hidden, like a secret language which only those who care will learn to speak, like secret music which most people don't bother to make the effort to hear. Who knows what opportunities for connection might lurk beneath this month's overtly ordinary character. No festivals, 
no shindigs, no fancy observances, just a month during which we can reconnect ourselves with the rhythm of weekday and Shabbos and rediscover the holy opportunities of ordinary time. So the connection between our Rachanimo, the bris, and the month of Marcheshvan is clear. Everything in this baby is hidden. His potential, his future, his neshama. Like Ram Cheshvan, his holiness will be revealed in due time. The bris itself and the covenant of the flesh commits him to a life of Ruchnius. Mazel tov.